0: In the lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on, and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. In the lab, Drew Doherty, your JH. What's going on, dude? How you doing, man? I'm, I'm good. good. Uh, you're right. It's been a while. Uh, it gets really, really hectic around training camp. Uh, training camp. I mean, really hectic, and we're Doing interviews with players and writing and we got all kinds of stuff going on. So yeah. We're back out we're back on the horse and the live's back. So it's good to be here.
1: Let, let's talk. Okay. Before we get into this game, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Saints and a couple players to keep your eyes on, two to view. I gotta see look look, I'm slow right now. And you know what? I think because of this heat and because yeah. I'm getting a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. Every day I came off the practice field, I was a little dumber. <laughs> I'm not joking, man. Like I yeah. It's a little bit dumber. This took this one took a lot out of me.
0: Yeah.
1: And like you think I'm being funny, but no, I'm I, I'm serious, man.
0: I'm only laughing, Drew, because that's exactly the way I have felt. Exactly the way I have felt. I have felt just come out to practice feels like uh wrecked, man. Johnny, who won the Heisman in 1989? I don't know. Yeah. And I didn't Johnny have,
1: Sims. We didn't have pads on or helmets on. We weren't doing anything physically exhausting or or exerting like the the guys out there are. So I'm not, I'm not in any way comparing myself to them. I can't imagine how they're feeling, but every single damned day after practice, even that, that quote unquote, nice day when it was, you know, 98, instead of being 114, Mm -hmm. every single day, I was stupider than the day before. (laughs) And I don't know that I was all that smart to begin with. It's funny. Let's rewind to the very first day of training camp, very first practice, hot one do it in the morning. Yep. The lat the first day of training camp was the last day of my youngest son's baseball season mm-hmm. for like the summer league. And it's a laid back season, but it's a rec league baseball. Yeah. And the first pitch was at five 45. So you got to get there around four 40 because you do batting practice, staring into the sun. And the team was in the, this dugout that was facing into the setting sun and we tied the game and I'm putting all the equipment up right afterwards because we have to go to the party, the team party that ends things. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm just looking like my face is about to melt off. And my mom, my mom was there and she's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and then she texts me while I'm at the party and she's like, hey, I'm worried about you. Are you tired? Oh. And yeah, I was, I was tired, mom. Tired.
0: I was yes. exhausted to say yes. the very least. Yes. Tired. I There were many days that during training camp, I went home and, I know if people are watching this; they'll see it. But if they're listening, on, you know, just you know, we're not complaining
1: about we love our jobs, but we're just yeah. saying, like, I'm stupider. I mean, every than I was in at the end of July.
0: The walk in, we, we've always said this about training camp. You go out there and it's and it's hot. This it just was extra spicy. Yeah, but when you walk through the door and the air conditioning is, oh, it's this great feeling. But then it's also kind of this bad feeling because you're soaked soaked with sweat yeah soaked with sweat and then the cold hits you and you're like and you just want to jump in a shower or you know and you're like i gotta go write harris hits yeah you know you got to put together your notes from training camp the number of articles you write i'm like oh and you're sit in your chair and you and you're just feel this it, so it's tough but yeah look we know what we do is is fun but it this one was this one was extra juicy i'm drinking extra
1: Extra juicy, totally drained, just totally drained. But anyways, let's talk about the Texans. Let's flush the loss on Saturday to the dolphins flush. There are a few nice things, but on the whole, Texans got to play better. You guys covered it with D'Amico last night. Yep. You're going to chit chat with Nick Casario on Tuesday evening as well. That'll be up on HoustonTexans.com. So yeah, yeah. Got to play better saints. I think, or excuse me, dolphins. I think are pretty, pretty good. I think yep. they're going to they stay good. healthy. If two, tu- is healthy. They challenge for a Super Bowl. I think so. Too. I think so. Yep. And then uh let's talk about the Saints game and what we need to see from the good guys. Two things, not must-haves, but two things you really want to see that when you see them, if you see them, you'll think, okay, I feel good. Let's go. Let's rock. Yeah. What's the first thing? One on offense, one on defense, John. Let's start with the offense.
0: Uh or so least the defense is the first thing you think of. I mean, you can go with defense, but let's do that. Defense is the first thing that popped in my mind. Hey, okay, let's go with that. And I, I'm gonna give the simplest one. Okay. Simplest one. And it's something I guess, you know, it's like one of those things when you talk about I, I used to do this thing called the Ultimate 11 mm-hmm. I still do two degree. Um, but I would do it on my overnight show and I would give people topics. And one time I, I gave out a topic, I think it was like scandals in sports. Ultimate 11 scandals in sports. Was Ray Carruth one of the first ones? Or well, was the Black Sox number one? OJ was number one. Like, I oh, got okay. OJ yeah, like yeah. a million times, and I realized, you know what? That one just kind of goes up on a shelf. Like, I can't even put it. It's so – it's such a scandal. Yeah. Like, it's in the Hall of Fame of scandals. Like, I have to put that up. on. A, so, I often say that I put this up on a shelf. So, this is one of those that maybe is just up on a shelf because it's so obvious, but I want to emphasize it because I feel like I feel like after Saturday, it's become that much more important because I've realized this defense could be really, really good. But if it tackles the way that it did on Saturday, it's going to give up 175 yards a game again on the ground. Mm, can't do that. The tackling was not good. Now, John, you don't tackle a training camp. I understand. I get it. You don't tackle in training camp. Dolphins tackle pretty well. So, you have one team that tackled really well, one team that didn't. And I think that ends up being a massive difference. Now, is that one of those things you put up on the shelf? If you want to be a little bit more specific and dive in a little bit more, I think that the edge players and the linebackers have got to know how to set the edge better than they did. They set the edge horribly. The Dolphins got the corner way too often. That's got to be a violent, dominant, You're not running outside Mm -hmm. at all. And the Dolphins did that, and they did what they wanted to, and they ran the ball, and that was sort of depressing. So put the one up on the shelf tackling. It's always going to be there. But setting the edge was really good against New England. It was putrid the other night. And the Dolphins do some things that are different than the Patriots. But you still have to be football violent at the edge on both sides at all times. Will Anderson was most part. Jonathan Ginnard was for the most part. Everybody else didn't happen. Mm. But there's also some things that have to work with the linebackers too. We're going to be sometimes where that outside guy is going to get pinned inside just by the blocking scheme. Mm-hmm. Now it's a corner's responsibility. It's a safety's responsibility. It's a linebacker's responsibility to go up there and set the edge at that point because that guy had to give himself up with the down block. You got to have somebody that didn't happen either. Offensively, to me. Again, this is kind of like tackling right there with tackling on the shelf. Mm. Is catching the damn ball? Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: I don't know how much you guys talked about this, but I wonder, wonder what sort of algebra or chemistry got jiggled up when the Texans knew Tank Dell wasn't going to play because that yep. that was something that happened moments before the game. Yeah, he went out. He was in his pads and right. everything, got ready, and then he comes out right as uh, right as the Texans are kicking off and he's in a t-shirt he's in in his iron sharpens iron t-shirt. And and listen, I know it's the preseason, so it's not Mm -hmm. too, too involved game plan wise, but that had to have kind of messed with some things and you do need to adjust and you need to do need to be ready for stuff like that on the fly. But when you've got a guy who's clearly going to be a big, big part of your offense and he was your best receiver the week before. Absolutely, that affects things. I wonder what this offense
0: looks like if he plays last week versus what we saw. I think what I what I try to do, Drew, in situations like that. Yeah, you're right. How? What's the what's the kind of football butterfly effect of Tank being in there or not in there? Mm-hmm. You know that they have some. Did they have some dial-up plays? You know, certain plays that they had earmarked for Tank. Well, we got to shelve those now. So I try and separate it best I can from okay maybe they could have run these plays with tank and maybe things look different versus here's what we saw and here are the things that bothered me the most. Number one was catching the ball. There were at least three or four drives that continue. There was six, I could think of six drops. When I was texting Mark the other night after the game or Sunday after afternoon, um, I, I just in my head rattled off six drops. Okay, and I'm like. How many of those would have kept drives going? At least three. And if you keep drives going, let's well, say you keep those three drives going with just, just another set of three downs before a punt or a field or whatever. It's another 9-10 plays. Well, what do you do with another 9-10 plays? You know, what does C.J. do with another 4-5 or five plays? What does Davis do with another 4-5? or five? I feel bad for put Davis. Put the ball in the end zone. You may put one in between the uprights. Absolutely. You get a, so. Yeah, you get maybe 10 more points. Maybe so. Maybe more. Yeah, absolutely. And so it sounds, again, right up there with tackling – but those are the things that in a training camp situation, you know, like we haven't seen, like tackling, you just don't see in training camp. But tackling was not an issue up in New England. In fact, it was very good. Catching football up in New England was not a problem for the most part. It was pretty good. And we've seen it be pretty good in camp. All of a sudden, Saturday night, like guys that normally catch the ball can't catch a cold. Mm-hmm. But those are two. Th- and it's and one one thing that popped into my head at that point was. Once you get to this point of preseason, you start. You've added a lot to the playbook. You've added a lot mentally. You've gone through these physical practices. You're pretty drained after 100 degree heat almost each day. You take the little things for granted. Now, I thought they blocked pretty well. Mm-hmm. Although the although the offensive line blocked pretty well, uh, especially the first group, but the tackling, the catching, those two things you kind of take for granted. I catch the ball, you know, more right. buckets. They didn't. They didn't. They had like six passes they could have caught. So you're going to get challenged. You're going to get challenged. I thought they got challenged by a really um, stout defense. And I thought at times they responded. And I felt like they did a lot. Um, it was like they wrote the perfect sentence, but then they put the wrong um, they put the, the wrong they put a period when they should put an exclamation point. They put a question mark when they should have put a period. You know, it was like they did everything right. But then t- right there. Now they had they had plenty of opportunities and plenty of moments where they didn't do everything right, where the sentence is all janky. But the the times when the sentences were perfect, the ball was caught, was a smoothly written paragraph. Like that drive with CJ was like, man, that was poetry. Right. That was nice. But then other times it was the delay of game early, it was um drops. It was a bad snap on the drive after the Dolphins scored a touch. Uh, no, the Texans got the ball back at seven
1: to three. A bad learning experience. A true, Absolutely. true learning it's experience. A
0: clean, clean up. And D'Amico said it, and I, I pointed at him over here because this is where he sits next to me in the, our uh, interview. To <laughs> John's said right? Very, very um, important. And I and I was like, it made a lot of sense. Control the things you can control. Yeah. You know the one play that I had no... I, I just... All right. Remember when Tyreek just completely lost? I don't remember who was covering him. So it was a nickel. I might have been dead. Yeah, yeah Tyreek Kills is going to do He just that. lost somebody, yeah. and you're like, it's Tyreek. He's like, one of the greatest in the game right now. You, you just kind of be like, yeah, what are you going to do? Do you think he's the best receiver in the NFL? See, here's the thing, Drew. I... I've never looked at Tyreek as a receiver. Yeah. I've always looked at him as like a weapon X because of how he's used. So maybe I shortchange him until I say, I think he's one of the five best players in the league. Yeah.
1: Like my sons will he say, scares me to death. My sons ask me all the time. Like, yeah. is this guy better than this guy? Is this... And they say, who's the best receiver in the league? Tyreek or Je- Justin Jefferson? I'm like,
0: Who would I rather face on a Sunday? Anybody else? Yeah. Anybody else? He scares the fool out of me. But the He's point a take being, your breath away guy. Right. The point being, what D'Amico is talking about, control the things you can control. Play clock running down. You take a timeout yeah. or get up there, you know, get lined up, get in your playbook a little bit more so that you know where you need to be, where you need to be lined up for CJ. It's a good moment to, hey, the play clock is right over there. John's standing right by. Go look at John. He's standing right next to it. Look at it. Know what, know the timing of that. Um, bad snaps. Hey, work on your snaps. Make sure you don't have those drops. Hunter passes in front of the jugs gun. There are things you can control. You need to control um, and be in control of. There's going to come a time when you just get your ass whipped. Sorry. Right, right. It's just going to happen. So Tyreek Hill t- Ty- Tyree is going to make a few plays. Tyreek's going to burn you. Robert Hunt's yeah. going to put you on your wallet. is going to throw a dime. It's going to happen. But what are the things you can control? Control those. and If yeah. you do that, you can feel good about the way you perform as a team.
1: Twitter question of the day for you, John Harris. The stat line that you want to see from
0: C.J. Stroud Sunday night is... 7 of 9, 84 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, no sacks. I'll give one quarterback hurry because it's tough to drop 9, 10 times and not have a hurry. But I felt good the other other night um, with the protection that he got. When he gets protection... And it's funny because I saw somebody tweet this um, at some point today, maybe yesterday, talking about, man, uh, when he delivers, he's got ball placement like Joe Burrow. I'm like, who said that back in May of 2022 when he was just a glint in all of our Texans fans' (laughs) eyes? I did. Joe Burrow's the guy I comped him to. Um, And you can see that. You can see where he puts the ball, and it's paramount to give him that, that time to throw. Because I think... He's going to speed some things up, and I think everything is on a pretty good timing pace. But I think it probably is just a just a like just a bit needs to be quicker. And I think he'll get there. Um, but if you give him that time, he'll pick you apart. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the throws he made on the run—I mean, he's even the I, I, honestly—I thought his best throw. Everybody's going to say the Robert Woods throw. I thought his best throw was when he spun out of the pressure. Mm-hmm. He's rolled and left. And throws a laser shot down and away from a right-handed hitter mm-hmm. in the perfect spot where nobody else can get it but his receiver, and knows unable to hang on to it. But that's a ball that not the easiest catch in the world, but it's the right throw. You got to help your guy out and make that play on third down. So CJ can do those things, and it speeds up just just a titch. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be looking at a. Really, really solid quarterback, even his rookie year.
1: Can't wait. Can't wait. Man. Can't wait. We're getting closer, man. This time in one month, we'll be like two games in, John. Wow. Wow. That? Wow. Well, listen, man, it's good to be back doing this with you. I, like I said at the start of this, I'm about a month dumber than I was before, but I think I'm going to regenerate some things. Maybe eat some fish oils, um, <laughs> fish get some sleep, <laughs> yeah. and stay out of the heat when I, I have them. But this has been a Texans in the Lab for John Harris. I'm Drew Doherty, and we'll see you next time.